welcome to Bookends with Friends. This is your co-host, Parker Moon. This is a New Year, New Brett. It's Brett. This is New Year, same Dan. It's Dan. Can you believe we're still doing this? Can you believe we just haven't been shut down out of, like, loss of viewers and boredom? I think we are just talking to ourselves now. Well, the FCC FCC doesn't know about us. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do this. That's true. Our stock prices have never been lower. They've never been lower. We're like a black market podcast. Yeah, we're constantly changing We're a couple of bad boys talking about bad books. If you're listening to this, this is like contraband. It's pirate um, radio, but for podcasts. But for podcasts. Uh, you can actually only download this on LimeWire. That's probably why our viewership is <laughs> You so have to bad. be offshore <laughs> in international waters to do it. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Mm. Um, All that hey, to say, guys, I'm shocked that we're still going. I'm, I'm shocked. I'm dumbfounded. But we did, we did another like, full year. That's our second full year. So well, it's about year, to be our third year of the pod. Yeah. Yeah. In March. We're also behind. Right? We missed. We so, don't have a schedule anymore at all. No, our schedule. We got kids, guys. Guys, we got kids. It's not an excuse. Time is not real. It is an excuse. It's the excuse that I'll use forever now. <laughs> Time means nothing, and kids mean everything. And I can't promise that we'll get episodes out on time anymore, but we'll do our best, you know? Just we'll imagine that this episode came out Tuesday, December 26th, and it's about. The Wind Up Bird Chronicle by... Oh, our You know what's exciting? You know what's exciting is that not only do we have the Piranesi episode to do today, we also have our bookends uh, of 2023, like what was our best book. Oh my... Today? Not today. Oh God. Not today, you like, silly oh, man. You we can't don't, do that. We're not, we're not about to do a three hour record. I've got a... Dan, I've got kid. Okay. I've got kid. You've got kid. I We've got, got kid. kids. We've got kid. Brett has kid. Brett has kid. I have kid. Brett, why'd you take that kid? <laughs> Let him go. I need an excuse. Uh, I need an excuse. You got an excuse, kid. Um, okay. Well, we're a book club podcast. We make friends along the way. Did I say that piece? Nope. Oh, we're we're a we uh, we're a book club podcast. We make friends, um, and we talk about books sometimes when we when we can find it on our busy schedules to record. Um, if you're listening to this, thank you. I love you. Um, we're talking about Piranesi today. Uh, by Susanna Clark. It's a book episode. Um, we do those once a month sometimes, and then sometimes we are behind. Um, once a quarter. That's it. That's it. That's right? It. Yeah, once yeah. a quarter we'll record a podcast. Um, well, hey, let's do short stories, our segment. This is our first short stories of 2024. Look at that. Wow. wow. Look at us. I mean, let's, this is our segment where we catch up with each other's lives. And and, I mean, what's what's been going on? Like, we I haven't seen you guys since Christmas, before then, December. What? We had the lowest lowest of keys Christmas of all time in the Phillips household. Um, we just had the Baba, so no traveling for us, but we did watch Jack Frost, Elf, Polar Express, and Klaus in one day. Oh. That's choice. Oh, and The Grinch. We watched, yeah, we watched a lot of Which movies. one? Oh, the Jim Carrey one. Okay. Oh, oof, Have you ever I seen you the Cumberbatch that. one? Is that one good? No, the I Elimination actually, one. I actually I just saw good. it. Yeah, I just saw it recently, and it's it's really not bad. Yeah, I've heard um, it's good. But if you're going to be watching The Grinch, it better be Jim Carrey. It's, it's no Klaus, that's for sure. Did you know that in The Grinch starring Jim Carrey, he says um, the powder's bitchin' when he's skiing down the mountain? Did you know that? Yeah, he's, a, he's a Grinch, man. 
There's some things that I I feel like it's how I feel with uh, watching Shrek these days where you hear like them say like ass and hell and stuff. And you're like, how did that go? How did they get by? I was a kid. I watched that. I don't remember that. The Grinch is so horny. Not like The Grinch, but the movie The Grinch is so horny. Yeah, it's no, no kidding. They have a swinger party. The Who's have a swinger party. Did you know that? Yeah, they drop the keys in the bowl. Yeah, they drop the keys in the bowl. Um, man, they're so horny. Oh, she yeah, lo- what's her, it's like she Tabitha- loves the green man. She loves Tabitha- green boy. What's her name? The one that's in love with the Grinch. I can't. Remember. I don't know. Man, so that that was our Christmas. Um, it was really nice. No, did you Christmas- read anything of her break? I'm still just reading Wheel of Time. Like I'm, I'm still in Wheel of Time. I will introduce a book called sun eater to the podcast that i feel like needs to be talked about this is just gonna be my short story this book is so good guys this book is so good and there it's a series called sun eater it's played out like uh name of the wind where the main character is telling you his life story and like a first person and all of these events have already happened to him and you're building up to where he is now and there's five books out in this series and i've never heard of this series at all and i am chewing through this book it's so good man it's awesome is it is it long yeah it's chunky it's chunky it's like dang it dan i can't get wrapped up in any more of these it's like six, six books it's like 600 pages yeah six seven hundred pages um but it's just like a giant sprawling like space opera and it's awesome i love hey, it cool love me some sweet sprawling space opera yeah same here pal and then Wheel of Time's Wheel of Time. Um, almost done with book four. On to book five. Nice. I'm finishing this god dang series. <laughs> it's, in 2024? If I'm dead, this series will be done. Is it in 2024 you think you'll do it? It's in the first half of 2020. I'm just, oh. I'm, I'm flying through it. Honestly, okay. I'm flying through it. You heard Isn't it here first. Heard it here first. Oh, I'm my finishing god. Okay. Wheel of Time. Brett, how is your what's what's going on with you, pal? Uh, nothing much. Just uh, spent some time with my parents in Florida. And, Does your family uh, still listen to us? Yeah, my mom and dad do. Nice. Do, they, do they like us? Uh, do they ask yeah, give us, the, give us the rundown. Yeah, no, they're very supportive. They they always just be honest. Like bring up talking points and they uh, hate us, Dan. <laughs> do no. they like me more than Parker? At least. I just, Probably. I think they listen to this Probably. part most of all, but because most of the books you read, they aren't really interested in. They're not big, like, fantasy readers, which is 90% of what we read, I feel like, sometimes. No, you're right. Which I love. I love. It's just not their We are reading a fantasy book unless Brett brings us a David Graham book to read. Right. Unless Brett brings us <laughs> a David Graham book. They We're love that. We're the fantasy. They love that. Uh, um fine. And I watched uh, a bunch of old movies, like Hitchcock movies and stuff like that, which was fun. So I'm going to, I'm actually getting, uh, I want to watch more of those like Turner Classic Movies type movies. So wow. Yeah. If anybody Expand has any recommendations. Palette. Yeah. That's cool. So that's my current new kick that I was going to get on is just like watching older movies. Because I've never seen, honestly, I've never seen like, Casablanca and all those kind of like famous old movies and stuff. My uncle yeah, would sit neither me down. I... Oh, go, 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 Dan. My uncle would sit me down and make me watch The Birds as a kid. And it's Dude, like, I, I and just I watched go, The I Birds. Go outside. Yeah. I just watched it because my parents were like, oh, yeah, we're watching that right now. Have you ever seen it? And I knew what The Birds was, but I'd yeah. never seen it before. So I watched that on. Uh, Traumatized me. Yesterday. 
it's it scary. That was kind of my kind of my break. Just good good time with uh with the rents and just hanging out and watching watching movies and stuff. Watching some flicks. Just Brett's favorite thing, watching flicks. A real film buff, if, if you will. If he ain't flicking it, he's what? not having fun. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um do I go now? I think you I mean, go now. Unless we want to be if we sound if we sound at all confused or jarred up at all, don't worry. It's literally there was not a, day a problem. Later. There is not a problem with the, our Wi-Fi. It's and by our I mean day. mine. Um yeah, so uh short stories is where we were and we're like five seconds ago, I mean by that. Yeah, we um, haven't stopped recording. Yeah, I mean there's just been a lot of stuff going on. A lot of good stuff. Uh Christmas happened. Um the thing I want to talk about is we got the nugget. It's a couch for the boy, but it's cool because it, the nugget, it's like this, uh, uh, like bunch, it comes with a bunch of cushions and they're like foldable and bendable in a way that can make different configurations. It's like a gym. You can just like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, some of them, and then you can make it into like a castle or a lounge chair or a a different castle. Do you want a Parker size nugget? Oh, it is Parker sized, which is great because what? the boy doesn't know. Yeah, they're they're big. They're really for adults, and then kids, I guess, get them too. Can you turn um, it into like Roman architecture? How how gothic is your nugget? It's super. Yeah, it, it looks just like the house. There's a if you go giant in Parker actually fawn and you got lost in it for like a few hours one time. Dude, this nugget, this nugget's cool. It's so cool, right? Are you looking at the configurations? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is like modern pretty, furniture and it just pretty like, choice. Some photos is just like very modern home aesthetic and the other photos are like kids are playing on it. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. a good time. I am and yeah, dads I'm are playing on it, it too. <laughs> Why is yeah. all furniture not like this? Dad, that's exactly what I've been wondering. I want to replace every couch in my house with nuggets and bed and everything. Just nuggets everywhere. There you can also sorry, I'm getting really down the rabbit hole, but you can like their website has different builds yeah and you can do it by like one nugget but if you get more there's like a two nugget build and a three nugget build so i don't know who's got that kind of nugget money but if you got four (laughs) nuggets then you could do some crazy cool builds that's a house bookends with friends sponsored by nugget thank you nugget sponsored by the nugget um no and then uh i'm reading uh uh the long way to a small angry planet um, mm-hmm. by Becky Chambers. She also wrote the Psalm of the Wild Built. Um, and it's great. It's a it's a cozy sci-fi, um, very character driven. It's interesting because there's not really much of an antagonist. So it's uh kind of like, like there's like the Wild Built. Yes, exactly. And yeah. there's like little challenges that they face, the characters face throughout the story, but there's not like one overarching like bad guy or theme or war or anything like that. So um, it's it's just different than what I've read typically in the sci-fi genre, um, but I'm a big fan, and I'm like I've got like ten pages left of that, so I'm gonna finish Fine. that after we are done recording. You going? Uh, you going through the nice. whole series, or are you just uh stopping there? Is this for book club? I no, this is for Parker. Um, and Congrats. I don't know yet if I'm gonna like continue at least immediately. I'll I'll definitely sure. I sure. hope I continue. Um, but a, a kind of a good and a bad of it not being so um, like like plot driven. It's mostly character driven. Is the fact that I'm not like 
oh, I need to know what happens next. Yeah, and I think I would imagine the first one was written to stand alone pretty solidly because I feel like where it's wrapping up now, um, it's not like you, you know, it's ending on a crazy cliffhanger or anything. Unless these last 10 pages prove me completely wrong and then we'll all redact that. Um, But yeah, that's what's that's been going on, guys. Isn't it fun to talk about books? It's so fun to talk about books. Let's talk about Pure and Easy. Let's talk about Hintent, my favorite book of the year. Um, get ready for I'm that. I'm gonna strike it down the first. Get ready for I that get. episode where we talk about favorite books because I'm fighting hard for Pierre and EC. Uh, so let's talk about this bad boy. Uh, first off, we got a quote of the week from Pierre and EC by Susanna Quay. May your paths be safe, your floors unbroken, and may the house fill your eyes with beauty. Which is that's lovely. A great quote to just put a nice little bow on the package that is pure and easy. Um, if you have not read and a great quote to kick us, kick off 2024. Yeah. Yeah. New year, new me, new year, same me, new year, new Brett. Um, if you have not read this book, I am going to do the bold and tell you to stop listening to us (laughs) and turn it off and read the book and come back. And did I just cut 95% of our listening base by saying that? Yes. But I think this book is very, very special. And I think it's uh, the, the fun of this book is not knowing what it is about and just kind of going along for the ride, just like the main character, Pierre Nisi. So, yeah, uh, no, I'll, I'll, say I'll definitely jump in and say Dan's correct here. I would be really uh, not upset with you, listener, because that's the dumb thing to say, I, I but like pissed. you're Honestly, doing yourself <laughs> a disservice. You're doing yourself a disservice if you think like, oh, this is a book. Like, I'll listen to this episode and then I'll just read it later. Um, we're obviously going to talk about spoilers. And uh, so much of this book is reliant on kind of unraveling the mystery as it goes. Um, so it's it, I feel like it's probably infinitely more enjoyable to I'm, not have any clue. I'm going to jump in and say, do whatever you want. If you want to listen to this, go you for it. Jump don't out of this podcast. For <laughs> Please don't leave me. I love you so much. Um, if you're going to listen to us babble for an hour, you can listen to one of the greatest books i've read in a long time for six hours and get probably better value out of that <laughs> that's actually great uh that's a great segue brett did you listen to this did you audiobook it yeah i did How i know that? you audiobook a lot dude dan great it was brett, great it, it was tell like listen to it yeah it was chiwetel ejiofor the actor oh, sure. yeah yeah like we've, really talked, we've talked about him before have we when on the show yeah surely i'm pretty sure we have oh okay well, he's, I, I mean, he's got a great voice, too. Yeah, can you say it again? Ejiofor? I'm pretty oh. sure that's how you pronounce it. I think so. I can't pronounce his name ever until I hear you say it, so <laughs> I am thankful for you. Okay. He, uh, he, he kind of has like a, a, like a Greek-Roman sounding voice, so yeah. It, it, yeah. It, it worked really well. Man, that's really cool. I'm going to have to get that. Um, let's talk about the book and some overall thoughts. What did you think of Piranesi? I, I mean, we could do a little synopsis of it, but I say we just go straight into spoilers because yeah, let's do I it. don't know what we're going to say non-spoiler wise. Um, Dan, do you want to kick us off? Cause I feel like you, you champion this book. Yes, I would love to. Um, I love this book. I've the cards on the table. I think this book is going to be, it gives me the same vibes as like the giver. Which, like, I don't love mm. The Giver, but yeah. it's that style of book where 20 years from now, I can see Pierre Nisi being read in, like, high schools or in lit classes on yeah. colleges yeah. or something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Like, it's one of those books that 
ever since I finished it, like I have thought about it often. Right. Um, because first off, it is so much content packed into a really small package. Like the the writing is just so well done. The plot moves really quickly and it constantly kind of like kept me on my toes. But the, the best thing about it for me is you know just as much as the main character does throughout the entire book, which is very fun to read about because as Piranesi discovers something about himself or the world around him, the reader also is doing the same and you're piecing mm-hmm. it together as if you're a Piranesi. And I think that is just brilliant writing. I got it. Really, really good. Uh, the, I, I, and it wasn't like an, an angry frustration um the early part of the book so my my the way that i read is i like to be able to like build the world even if it looks nothing good luck like <laughs> what an artist would create like a lot of with the sanderson stuff like i imagine yeah. a lot of stuff and like build the world in my head and it looks like nothing like what official art looks like or whatever but yeah so i like to do that with with books and with this it was i was getting so frustrated because i was like what is this? Like, what is this place? I cannot, is, is it one building? Like it was, and not to say that it wasn't described well, it was, I think it was like purposely like slowly mysterious and vast developed. Yeah. And yeah. foggy. So yeah. I was like, I was like, man, this is like, I can't, I can't piece this together. Um, but which again, not a complaint. Uh, that was just like my early, like, I was like, where, where I, I just didn't know where it was going. Um, yeah. but yeah, it was, yeah, really good. I don't know if you had the same feeling, Brett, but um, it's almost like my brain was trying to like place it with some some sort of like reference that right. I have either in the real world or in other fantasy sci-fi books. Right. And it was so unique that I was having trouble like giving it a setting because I, I mean, I didn't know what was going on. Um, and so it was it was like even though it, i feel like the language was pretty clear like it's a house there's these mm-hmm. rooms there's marble sculptures everywhere my brain was like really struggling to try to say like oh this is like a spirit world or this is like a yes yeah a dream state or you know and I, because it was so unique i was having a, a kind of trouble like grasping it visually um with like the waves crashing over the you know coming up over the house um, and all that stuff. But I think, it, I mean, language, like the prose is brilliant. I think it is a fantastic job. Um, but no, I completely agree. And then also, Dan, I, I wanted to run this by you. Um, I almost feel a little like cheated, not cheated. Um, I feel like I would have read this earlier, but uh, I don't know why I felt like this was I like when you told me about this book, for some reason, I was thinking this entire time that it was a Greek mythology retelling it, it, about a character like. named Piranesi exactly that I had never heard like. of before. Yep. And I was like, oh, this, yeah, like this is cool. And I think it was also because as it was rising in popularity, it was around the same time as like Madison Miller's um, like Song of Achilles and Song Cersei. Achilles, Cersei. Yep. Yes, exactly. So like I, I kind of had wrapped all of those books in my mind together. Like, oh, same, oh same. I'm going to. Like I was thinking like, oh, I'm going to go down like a Greek mythology kick one of these days and just like really knock out all of those books. Um, And so getting into this, like starting, I was like the whole time I was like, oh, this is a Greek mythology something. And so it kind of took me a minute to unravel my brain. Yeah, exactly. Like from from being so focused on that. Um, And then the direction it went, I had no clue that this book went in that direction. And I'm so happy because the payoff was amazing yeah like i i think you even said dan when you recommended it you're like i'm not going to tell you anything 
because I don't want you to know. And that was great. I, I think that's how people should go into the book. Yeah. Um, did you guys have, like, before the big reveal, it's obvious that Piranesi is, you know, has his, like, childlike wonder, but there are so many inconsistencies in the world with, like, the other. References. And the other has, like, technology and, like, talks about weekdays. And it's very inconsistent with the way Piranesi thinks and talks. Um, did you guys have guesses as to what the reveal was going to be besides what it was? Because in my head, I was like, oh, Piranesi is like a three-year-old child, like in a nursery or something like that with a big imagination. That was like one of my first Yeah, I couldn't thoughts. tell if this was like some sort of, and don't laugh, because this was, I was like, There's, and my head went to this. I couldn't like tell no if it was answer. some sort of like Maze Runner situation yeah. where it's like he's trapped in this big thing and like, taken care of by this outside force that can enter, but he can't exit kind of thing, which yeah. I mean, that's exactly what it was, but like in a different sense, like the imaginary side of it, like where it was like created through the mind was the, the big reveal. but I figured it was some sort of weird situation like that. And, and to your point, the, the whole childlike wonder, he also had childlike trust in yeah. the other, mm -hmm. because every time he's like, Oh yeah, he's just going to do his thing. Like he'll be in his area and he never was like, Hey, where do you go? Like, can I come <laughs> with you? Like anything like that? I was yeah. like, Cool, I'll see you. I'll see you then. Sounds good. It's um, a very I, weird mix. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so so my brain was so set on it being uh like Greek mythology thing <laughs> that and, and I think yeah. also with all like the, the marble sculptures and everything and yeah. like the it was like kind of like Pantheon like style architecture, at least that's how I imagined it. Yeah. Um, I, I was under the assumption that he was some sort of like, like minor deity or he was like somehow involved. And I thought the other was like outside of time, like a bigger yeah. deity that was like able to slip in and out of like our world. And that's why he was wearing suits. And then there was the stuff with like the biscuit box man and all that stuff. And then eventually my brain went to like, is this like way 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 past like post-apocalyptic and the world right. destroyed and for some reason they have this like one house that's left and so i, I mean i was all over the place guys like yeah. i had no clue what was guessing. going on yeah definitely keeps um, you guessing. which i did a tiny bit of research into it because i immediately as soon as um the cult leader comes into Arnt the sales yeah aren't sales as soon as he visits and tells him like I think he's the one that tells him, but he tells him that uh, Piranesi is uh, is like a joke, like at his expense. He's like, oh, he calls you that. Like, yeah. I was like immediately like, please, you have to tell me what that means because I'm not smart enough to offhand <laughs> know that and know that he was like uh, um, an Italian, like classical archaeologist right, and architect. Right. Um, but oh, yep. See, I did not even look it up. I, right. I was going to bring that up. Giovanni Piranesi. Yeah. And it's so interesting because it's, it's a joke because he's famous for creating these things called imaginary prisons, which is a yep. type of art called, I had it here somewhere. It was called, um, Capriccio or Capri, Caprito. I I'm butchering that it's Italian, but it's an Italian genre of architectural fantasies where you would put famous monuments together and it's just like, so it's like you're, you're putting all this stuff into a painting or a portrait. Um, and obviously that location doesn't exist in the world. So it's like a sort of mm. like, um, 
I think the term was imaginary prisons, Yeah. which obviously that's why it's the irony of it um, is that's why he's, he named him after that. But I just thought it was really interesting. This style of um, like art and architecture um, that is literally what this story is based around pretty much is this imaginary prison, this imaginary architecture. Uh, I thought that was really interesting. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah, I think the, uh, the biscuit box man was also the thing that I was like, Hey, this isn't adding up with my, yeah. like I was right. taking everything at face value, almost like Piranesi at first. I was like, Oh yeah, this is all like a fantasy setting. And then they kept saying like the biscuit box man. And then talking about like, I think at some point someone said like November and my yes. brain was like, hang on, hold on. Like why would what, what, that what month was his date? It was like the third day of the albatross or yes. I will say yeah. I got so I was like, oh read, my god, can we get lot. shorthand for this? Like <laughs> as a as a physical reader, I could just like glance past it. Yeah. Um, um but you know that that's like the inconsistency, right? Of like yeah. he has his own date system and you think that's the lore of this world, and then here comes the other that's like Hey, maybe you're on Tuesday at 3 p.m. and you're like, wait a second. And he talks about his glasses and his slip, his shoes and his yeah. sleeping bag. And every, as he talks more and more about what he has in his bag and what the others given him, you're like, okay, so definitely the other's a bad guy. And it's also just like a modern way. guy, just yeah. like a cell phone right. businessman. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, the scene where he's he hears like the phone conversation through the yeah. hallway, you're just like. Well, which in itself is just a trip. Like I think that's the thing I've most been thinking about has had like the entrance and the the methodology of getting into that place. Let's let's break down Piranesi and the other. I was, we're kind of already on it, but like, what are your thoughts on? There's very few characters in this book, and so you get a pretty big focus on. I guess the house. I mean, the house is a huge character. I'd argue that on like mm-hmm. those three. So, what are your thoughts on like the setting in the house? I it, I obviously like historical stuff, so I thought it was really cool. Um, the description of all the vestibule vestibules. And I did read vestibule one too many times in this book. Yeah, <laughs> it says it a lot. It, it was I was very interested in the idea of I, you get this sort of like tense as he describes more and more like how big this place is and how like far he's traveled in it. I I get this weird sort of like fear or like tension where it's like going that far away and like getting lost or something like that um would be like so terrifying and obviously people have died there's you know the 15 other um people in the war in his world but yeah it was it was it was really interesting um obviously i didn't you can kind of tell pretty early that the other is a very condescending oh yeah person um so i didn't like him pretty much from the start yeah right off the bat he's very odd um because you feel like protective of Piranesi because he's like like you. we mentioned he's got that childlike <laughs> sense to him where he's like oh yeah cool and he's like looks up to the other and is like oh yeah he's like the smart one and i just like know the yeah. tides and help him do research and stuff like that um but yeah like the dynamic was really interesting though that i found that was that was really my good. favorite thing about Piranesi is that childlike like wonder and trust that we've already talked about but also He's very not childlike. Like he is. Yeah, he's he's really smart. He's very bright, very yeah. smart. Yeah, but also like a survivalist, na- like very naive to the world around him, with the knowledge of like a well bear grills. <laughs> yeah, he's just like bear grills. The whole time I read this movie, I pictured bear grills. <laughs> read this movie is what I just said. I'm so tired. 
It's uh, okay. You're a new dad. Uh, but it's interesting that he's so naive, like a child, but very opposite of what a child is. When it well, comes I to, really like, liked those researched and brain. Um, there was one part that stuck out to me, kind of what you're saying, Dan, where he was talking about like uh, the other's goals of like finding this mysterious power that will give them all this access to like, uh, yeah. you know, transform and control people and have telekinesis and all this stuff. And there was one particular power that was like the ability to control lesser minds. Mm. And that and it's just kind of when Pyrenees is starting to question, like, why are we even going after this? And he was talking about like, well, there are no lesser minds like yeah. uh, the other and I are both like men of science and men of reason. So if there are lesser minds, like, like, why would we even want to control them? Um, and like, what would we do with that power? And I, I don't know. There's there's just so much like kindness behind all of the the way he like viewed the world and processed yeah. the world um that was just very charming to read about um and yeah i i love i loved piranesi i loved being in his mind palace even though it was a little busted <laughs> um and then and then the house itself i think was incredibly fascinating uh i think that uh susanna clark did a really good job of giving you exactly what you needed to know but not trying to over explain everything yeah um and with like the house in particular like they don't really tell you what it is like mm -hmm. why it exists um i mean all the cult stuff is left kind of ambiguous too and how they like access the power um but from my understanding and i want to see if this if this resonates with y'all i felt like it was a manifestation of like culture or thought um that's then like it comes to life in the form of of marble statues um, but then I felt like it was almost on a delay because there was, there was also a line where, um, uh, Arn sales says something along the lines of like, maybe somewhere in the house far off, a computer is being, yeah. uh, right. like a, a formed or whatever, um, like a, like a very start of a computer. And so I, I just, I don't know. I felt like it was fascinating how like an ever -changing. the world was described. Yes. Yeah. Ever changing. And, but then I also like, I wonder like why the tides, is that like the erosion of thought or the erosion of culture over time? Like, is that why some vestibules are being destroyed? Yeah. I was kind of lost on that stuff too. Like a lot of stuff on the house, I think went over my head without like delving into it a bit more, like the flooded basement, the flooded rooms, the, waves crashing and everything like that I'm, i was just kind of took it at face value and moved on because i didn't know oh i loved to imagine though i liked i liked that it was ambiguous i liked to think of like the what it could be without having a, a solid answer yeah i thought of it the cult as um and i'm pulling this from like uh and don't laugh again from like supernatural and there's another movie called uh the empty man that kind of delves into it but the idea of a tulpa which is something that is created from like spiritual concentration, whether it be like a being or um, just like conjuring something into existence, basically in, yeah. in layman's terms. That's kind of how, what I gathered from this aren't sales guys. He was obviously like a psychologist who came up with this idea and that, you know, that's what they created their cult around and, uh, that that's kind of how I I didn't think too much beyond that, but that was my my general idea of of or like concept of of how yeah. how it, it came to be. Mm -hmm. I like that. I can see that. Um, but yeah, the the cult. The, I I liked the the little backstories that he got from like reading his notes 
when when he was talking like is kind of how you got the backstory uh, of of what happened to the the specific people like him piecing it together that sort of like detective mm-hmm. arc um in the second half of the book uh was was really interesting of him finding out like how each person slowly gained like a conscience because they were clearly doing terrible things in in general creating this place i wouldn't say would be like a wasn't like a crime or anything like that but what they what they did with it in like throwing um i forget the ritter like putting him in there like yeah that's when it became obviously like a dangerous um like force for evil is and when it i would assume it turned into more of a cult because before then it's like seems like more of a thought experiment and you're creating this thing you know like the you know what, what i mentioned with like the tulpa and stuff like that um but yeah, once it became, once it got dark, and it, it, I think it explores, uh, you know, human nature as far as like our greed and like wanting power over other people, just like at the core of, yeah, not everybody, but like that's like an original sin of people, which it, it kind of gets into that with with like the backstory and stuff like that, describing what they did to to certain people, including Piranesi. Did y'all have any thoughts on uh, any of the uh, the other fifteen or Ketterly or Aren't Sales or anybody involved with the cult and like the outside world? I mean, nothing that we've already kind of talked about, but I guess it's a good segue into sixteen for me. Of like, that was kind of the the pin dropping on Pyrenees' world of person comes in that Pyrenees is not supposed to see or talk to. Um, 16 being the police detective and mm-hmm. being like, are you Sorensen? Pyrenees is like, what the heck are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And that, that kind of, it, it, it kind of opens the floodgates on what this book is about to be and where this book is going. And once I hit that point, I mean, I feel, I feel like I finished the book in like one sitting from there because yeah. I was I like, I've got, agree. I've got to know. It like snowballs. Yeah. It snowballs quick. really hard. That and then the like the journals when he finds out that his old like the original yeah. journals were like twenty two instead of two, um yeah like and he starts to read like his like Michael Sorensen's thoughts like his original thoughts, um man it's good stuff it's just really good and so that that whole reveal, it's just awesome I mean I I love any book like this it's so ambiguous and then just kind of drops the ball in your head um but this one just does it I- so well. Can I ask you? This is a little off topic, um, but what? How would you classify this book? I mean, after it, like after finishing, honestly, full classification. It's like a it's it's like a thriller mystery or like not thrill. It's not thriller because it's like really beautifully written and not scary at all. But like, it definitely is a mystery. It's a mystery. It's a fantastical novel for sure. mystery. Yeah, I, historically and like, I, historical fiction mystery. Historical fantasy. fiction mystery, not Greek. Not Greek not, fantasy, not fantasy, Greek almost, Greek. almost sci-fi a little bit, or I don't know, like like elements of it felt more, and I guess it's maybe just because it like intertwined with, um, like our yeah. time, and then I don't know coming in and out, but it it felt like it, it wasn't like a magic based system. No, it felt no, more like there was like a a routine or like a way for them to get to access this power. Yeah, um, it's so hard yeah, to classify because like if someone who has Someone came up to me who hasn't read this book and was like, oh, what's this about? I couldn't tell them. I couldn't tell them a genre. I like, 
Because <laughs> telling him what it is just gives away is such a cool yeah, part. Yeah, it's kind of a, yeah. And right. like, Explaining... I think there's a big argument for it is like, if it's a 700 page book, I'd be like, oh, it's like a little mystery. Like it's a mystery. It's kind of fantasy mystery. But like with it being so small, I think it's worth it to just not know anything about it. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, man, that's, I feel like there's, it's such a good book and I have so many thoughts on it, but it is almost hard to talk about for that reason. Cause I'm like, just go read it. Like everyone should just go yeah, read this book. Just pick it up and read it. Um, yeah, I'm trying to think of what to talk about. Like so much of the book too is like really kind of like lyrical prose, which I think is a part mm, of it. Oh like, yeah. The plot, the plot's great. Don't get me wrong. The plot is amazing, but like, um, it's a small book it's and a so lot of it is just written. poetic. It is very like yeah. poetically written, which is one of the reasons I think it's going to be like studied in lit classes in the future and things like that. Um, but all that to say, like the plot moves very quickly to the point where, you know, us 50 minutes into an episode can talk about it very quickly because mm-hmm. this happens, this right. happens, this happens, the book ends type of thing. Um, but it's just good. Like, I don't know what to say. It's just a really good book. <laughs> It's just a good book. Well, so then, okay, well then, since we're getting to like the end sure. bit, I'll, I'll hit you with a, a question. Um, how did y'all feel about like the, the end of it? Like the epilogue and also, end? Yeah, the epilogue end and also the, like where Piranesi kind of like ended his journey because they make a point to say like he was no longer Michael Sorensen mm-hmm. and he was also no longer Piranesi as he was in the house right. he had become this new yeah person a kind of amalgamation of the two of them um what were y'all thought what were y'all's thoughts on the end of the book i to so go ahead brett uh, i was just gonna say it's an interesting um like it, it managed just to squeeze in like a really interesting and like uh well thought out dialogue on mental health mm-hmm. because obviously he that's the biggest thing with this place is it it basically drives you insane. Um, and he managed, you know, the most of the people that were stuck in there died because of this for various reasons. But the way that his, he almost had multiple personality disorder. Like that's mm-hmm. what it like caused in him. And that's how he survived is, is Piranesi stepped up this other personality of his um, stepped up and like protected him and took yeah. care of him. And so he kind of discusses at the end, like, yeah, well, I didn't need Piranesi anymore. Uh, and I can't go back to Matthew Rose Sorensen because he's hurt. Like, he's the one mm-hmm. that was driven to near insanity. So, like, he he's good. He's resting. So I had to create, you know, for the people in Matthew Rose Sorensen's life, I had to create this other personality to, like, bridge the gap, basically. Yeah, that's really I mean, that, I think you said it <laughs> yeah, eloquently, answer. like perfectly. That's I, I kind of felt the same way, uh, Brett. Like, I feel like the um, like there was there was a little bit of a conversation on like trauma and trauma response. Yeah. Uh, where like I, I just I really loved how she wrote uh, Piranesi's like dialogue about protecting Matthew Sorensen. And right. like kind of under like he understood that he was broken but he also it wasn't like painted in this like really negative or like no. grotesque light. It's it was it human. was this way of like yeah, it was extremely human and just like protective and kind and like very like very patient with himself going through all of that trauma. Um and then the ending was almost like a beautiful tragedy in a sense because like he didn't 
Like it, it wasn't like this great family reunion with the, all the people who had been looking for him. Right. And it wasn't like he went and was perfectly content with the real world, right? Like he still would come and visit the house and there was still a kind of even open to the idea of maybe him going back forever permanently. Yeah. Um, but I just, I liked that it was, it was very kind with that conversation of like how people deal with trauma and how he was protective of himself and um, kind of evolved, you know, as he changed from Michael Rose Sorensen to Piranesi and then to out of that yeah. um, and, and kind of rebuilding. He had to create a, f- cause Piranesi would have a hard time handling the real world again. Right. Cause he was like, mm-hmm. what do you have? Like 75 people out there. Right. <laughs> I, I did love all of that. Like some astronomical amount of people, like 70. <laughs> yeah. So it's like he had to, he had to also protect Piranesi. So that's why he had to create this third personality to combine them both and protect both of them because yeah. neither of them could handle their existence he would basically himself mm-hmm. in the real world yeah yeah um cool that's pretty nice i mean that that that's, that's pretty nice pick this book and read it it's so good it's so good it, you should read it um quick author's note so Susanna clark like 20 years ago wrote her debut novel called jonathan strange and mr norrell it is a alternate history fantasy light book um set in like 1800s london where there's a sect of magicians and they're trying to rediscover kind of this old magic in in england and they that sounds cool yeah they end up discovering it and i haven't read too much about it but it's just about these uh wizards named jonathan strange and mr norrell kind of figuring out they have a bbc miniseries about it I mean, yeah. Apparently, it's very, very good. Oh, that's cool. Um, it's also almost the exact opposite of Piranesi, where it's kind of like a slow burn chunker of a book. So, Susanna Clark could do it all. She can do it all. You said it's her second novel? I'm pretty sure she has two For books. Piranesi? I think she has two books. That's I, I, I don't want to you know, discredit her as an author, so I'm going to look this up really quick, because maybe I'm wrong. I think she has a second. Yeah, I think she has three in total. She has three books. The Ladies of Grace Adu. I do. It's like a cool. it's like short story book. It's short story. Yeah, another short. She has two full length novels. Then Piranesi. And I don't know, Mister. Uh, I don't know what is show. about her name, but I saw Susanna Clark and I felt like I was like, oh yeah, I've seen that author before. She's written like a hundred books. Yeah. Like I don't know why. I just assumed that she had written a ton. Man, I mean, what quality in her two books, huh? That's that's yeah, really good. No kidding. Honestly. Well, sweet. That's it. That wraps cool. up 2023 and 2024 <laughs> because we're late because we're late but we'll be back we're gonna talk what we're gonna have one more 2023 episode where we talk about all of the books and duke it out for book supremacy for what was the best book that we read um in the podcast this past year there's some good ones we will probably also combine that with an episode where we talk about what we're gonna be reading for january yeah Um, sounds good and then also be on the lookout. Uh, I imagine we'll post our first book of the year because we should probably decide that and get get going um we have time but yeah that's what's going on with the bookends with friends sorry gang about us being a little distracted as of late uh we got kids and it was christmas we got and kids like and it was christmas it's guys get off our backs get off our back. i'm so sick of everyone on my back um oh my god let's book that's it. let's book like it thank you jacob <laughs> robinson it. for the music thank you maddie mune mune maddie mune maddie mune thank Matty you maddie moon for the cover art never forget and yes you go you do never forget the real books for the friends we made along the way 
拜。